Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to episode number seven of the Basketball Card Podcast. I am your host, Adam, the 27 guy, Gray. I am grateful for the awesome uh, amount of you who took the time to listen to last week's podcast and to check out the blog. Last week was really great. Um, And I had some great comments and great questions and feedback, and I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, one item of business that I want to mention before I forget is that we were able to get the podcast up on iTunes last week. Uh, if you go to iTunes or your podcast uh, app on your phone and type in basketball card podcast, you'll get a picture uh, a picture of my ugly mug as the artwork, um, and you'll be able to find that. And if you could subscribe to that, if you if you're liking the show, if you could subscribe to that, that would be really awesome. It's good to see, you know, it's good to see that kind of feedback. And the other thing that's nice about that is then you won't have to go to the blog anymore to get to the podcast. Feel free to continue to check out the blog. I share some pictures and stories and things there that I don't share on the podcast. But the podcast is my main thing that I want uh, to do to to stay um, to stay in contact with all of you guys. And so um, definitely subscribe to that on iTunes. That'd be really appreciated. As I mentioned, the artwork uh, on the outside is is le- far less than ideal. It's just a picture of me. I didn't have anything that I could make or that I could um, that I could submit that was of the quality that it needed to be to be able to easily add it to the podcast. So I think what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to do a contest on Blowout that... Uh, allows, well, I'll put together a small care package of cards and, um, I don't know, maybe like a hundred bucks worth ish and give it to whoever does the coolest artwork. I don't know if there's, if there are people out there who can do that. It's certainly not one of my skills or I would just do it myself, but, um, I figured that might be a cool way to, to kind of get the artwork for the show. Cause like I, like I said, I want to keep this going. I think it'll be fun to do once a week, uh, throughout the year. So, um, be on the lookout for that thread. Um, I might actually submit that tonight after I, after I get this, um, all ready to go. All right. So, um, I guess the other item of business, I thought, I thought this was kind of cool. I tweeted the picture of the Kobe card that I talked about last week to ESPN Mint Condition. Uh, that's ESPN Mint Condition is kind of a segment of ESPN that just talks about um, the hobby, sports memorabilia, and sports card hobby. And as most of you know, our numbers in the hobby have have kind of waned the last I don't know last twenty five years. Um, and we have we have I think the coolest hobby we've ever had, but. Um, kids have fallen out of love with it. There aren't really very, there are very few kids that are in the game. And so anything that we can do, I feel like that kind of helps the hobby to, to progress. I think it, like I said, I think it's as cool as it's ever been, but anything that we can do to kind of get it out there is cool. And the fact that ESPN has that mint condition segment is really neat. Um, I'd recommend you check that out. It's more mainstream. Um, it's not as it's certainly not as niche as a basketball card podcast, but there's some value there, and it's interesting. And I I was I thought it was cool that they retweeted my Kobe card, which, as you all know, I was pretty excited about. Um, so that's it for me and that and that sort of business. Um, I want to jump to I've got just a list of things that I want to talk about today. I got to keep it kind of short though. 
Um, the first is one of the most amazing basketball games, especially regular season games I've ever seen took place over the weekend in the Oklahoma City Golden State game. It was an unbelievable game in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City was leading much of the game. They were up by double digits in the fourth quarter with about five minutes to go. And then Steph and Clay just did what they do. And, man, I like the Thunder. I was hoping the Thunder would win. But um, anyway, they were up by, I think, four or five with, with not that long to go. Clay hit a three. Durant turned the ball over. And Iguodala hit two huge free throws. Um, then the game went into overtime. Durant fell out, fell out almost immediately. And uh, Steph, the, Steph had a chance at the buzzer from 30-something feet out, and as soon as he pulled on it, I think just about all of us knew it was good because he just doesn't miss open shots anywhere from inside half court. And he was he was open, and he knocked it down. They didn't call timeout. They just let him dribble the ball down court and shoot a 30-something footer, and he nailed it. He, I turned to my wife as soon as it happened, and I looked at her, and I just said, he owns the world right now. He owns the world. He set the single-season record for three-pointers in February. He's, he hit the most he tied the record for most three pointers in a game. He's, he clinched a playoff spot in February. I mean, he's unbelievable. And they're going to win 75 games this year. Seriously, they're going to win 74, 75 games this year. They're going to set the record. I didn't believe they'd do it. I didn't believe they'd do it until I watched the OKC game and I texted one of my, one of my buddies and I just said, that's it. There's no way they don't do it now. I just I really don't see any way they don't do it unless they unless they just fall apart or have some real problems. So congrats to the Golden State fans. You've got enough. Congratulations. But it's just amazing what he's doing. I think everybody should enjoy it. Um, and for those of you who are saying, oh, you know, Jordan was better or Jerry West was better, okay, whatever. I don't know who's better. I know the game's changed a lot. Through throughout the you know through the decades the game the game is a completely different game than it was in the mid '90s. The way that the game is called is a completely is completely different. I don't know who's better. I do I've I do know I've never seen anybody play like Steph Curry. I wish somebody'd knock him upside the head and get him to drop that mouth guard. But the guy is absolutely unreal, and I want to give them credit where credits due, um, and just say you know, con- yeah, just congratulations. Next thing I want to hit real quick is Portland. The Blazers are for real. The Blazers, um, this is this is kind of my prediction now based on the way they're playing. I think they're going to go get the five seed. I think they're going to climb to get the five seed, and I think they're going to beat the Clippers in the first round because I think McCollum and Lillard together with those big, those passing bigs of Plumlee. Um, and, oh, who am I forgetting? I can see his face, but I can't think of his name. The big guy who can shoot threes. He'll come to me in a sec. Um, they're just... They are really just balling. Um, having the having the outside shooting of the bigs, as well as the ability to get the to to be a good passer. Plumlee is an unreal passer. Um, for I shouldn't say unreal. That's probably going too far. He's a, he's a very very good passer and distributing big from the post. And that's what make, makes Draymond Green so good. Um, I think Portland's Portland and and OKC are probably the two best matchups. The, the two best teams that have any sort of chance against Golden State. I think they're going to roll in the finals, Golden State is, in the playoffs and then in the finals. But Portland can do some things. Both Lillard and McCollum 
not only are shooters, not only are they are they scorers, but they're people who can facilitate, can and can really handle, and they're both elite at it, and they're both elite shooters too. And I don't know, they're just they're dominating. So um, I got to give Portland credit. Terry Stotts is great too. So um, ch- I check out McCollum and Lillard stuff. I don't know if there's anybody else who's really collectible on the team in that way. Um, but uh, check those guys out. Watch them make some noise. I'm annoyed because I made an offer on the McCollum 3 of 3 Immaculate uh, jersey number variations, the acetate card uh, in the off season. I think I made an offer of $200, and the guy countered me at like 300 or 250 and I said no. And I'm sure that's a four-figure card now, so congrats to whoever got that. Um, next item. I started a thread on blowout this uh, week after the OKC Golden State game, and I think it was called something like, let's make every thread on the first page of the basketball section about Steph Curry. And then I just talked in the first post about how unbelievable the team is. And a few posts later, somebody uh, chimed in about how I had some Steph Curry cards listed on eBay and how I was probably, how I was just chilling. Or I think somebody said something about um, this being like a Jim Cramer-esque sort of thing. And I had to laugh at that because I don't even have any idea how many Golden State Warriors or Steph Curry threads there have been over the course of the last year or the last couple of months. But it's in the dozens, if not in the hundreds. And the very last thing that we need to do at this point is pump Steph Curry, right? And so I got into a conversation with somebody on there. I can't remember his name. He had a short name, but he was respectful and smart and good. And he wrote something. Um, he wrote something to me, um, and and you know it was. And and then there were some there were some other questions that were exchanged. But one of the questions that he was he asked kind of brings up something that I wanted to talk about. And let me back up. The question that he asked was, "Well, I see that you have this Steph Curry base card." listed. Isn't that base card part of your eminence case that you've put together? You know, why would you why would you trade that or why would you sell that, I guess? And I, or that was more implied. And um so my answer is yes, that Steph Curry is part of the eminence case. Not only that, it's actually part of the base set that I've been putting together that I have about half of. And so it's part of two things that I'm working on. It's not just part of eminence case it's also part of the set and so yeah it's a card that I like it's a card that's an it's an important part of the collection but this is what I want to talk about today and it's going to be the title of the the podcast we all collect in a different way and so the question that I would just turn around and ask everybody else is how do you collect um and I think I collect in a way that's probably different than, than most people do. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm a collector. Um, a little bit of background on me. I started collecting when I was six. Um, and unlike the kids of my generation, I haven't really ever stopped. So I collected straight through the 90s into the 2000s to today. And I worked at a card shop for about six years. And the card shop was in... Salt Lake City uh, is in Salt Lake City. It's called House of Cards. And um, at House of Cards, they have something called the bid board. And the bid board is a 
wall basically with um, screws in it and on the screw on the screws are hit, are hung um, white tags and on the white tags are stapled um, team bags and long and long penny sleeves with cards in them that are up for bid and one of the things that I discovered when I was very young probably when I was maybe 10 was maybe even younger was that sometimes Beckett would have a card listed at twenty dollars and I'd be able to find it or and I'd be able to buy it for two or two fifty or a dollar. Um, sometimes there would be a card that'd be listed book value of a hundred. I remember I got a Nolan Ryan nineteen seventy three that might be wrong. Seventy I think seventy three tops for six dollars. And I remember taking it in pretty quickly being able to move it for $10 and I thought that was kind of cool and I did that a few other times and realized that I could I could take I could buy a card for one price and sell it for a higher price and we know this today is flipping cards and people flip all sorts of things they flip houses and whatever else but I kind of realized that I could do this and it, it was never I never had the intention of of taking that money and doing anything else with it. Although through the years I've done lots of other things with my money, not just buying and selling cards with it. But for the most part, what I've done in my collecting is I've bought cards and traded up or bought cards and sold them for more so that I could buy other things. And really that's how I collect. So the question from the the person, uh, the, the person in the thread I thought was a good one. And I just wanted to point out like that's the way that I collect. And I think some people don't like that. Some people think it's kind of evil or whatever, that it's like not good in the hobby. And that's fine. I, I mean, if you don't think it's good, that's okay. And you don't have to do it. And heck, you don't even have to think what I'm doing is okay. But but that's that's how I do it. It's what the fun is for me. And part of what the fun is, not all of it, but I've gotten to own some of the some of the great cards of the ho- in the hobby. And I've often sold way before I should have. Um, a great example of this is I owned, I found the Russell Westbrook Topps Chrome Superfractor autograph one of one rookie card in a lot on eBay. The lot had I think nine cards in it. It had Jeff Green, uh, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook. And the title said nothing about Superfractor. I found this this lot, and I bought it for three hundred dollars. Okay. And then I turned around and I sold the Westbrook for $850 a couple of weeks later. And I thought I was the man. I mean, I was like, this is incredible. Well, now that Russell Westbrook's worth who knows how much. And I'm sure it's well into the four figures, if not in the five figures. And it's probably in the five figures. It's a huge card. So did I sell it way too early? Yes. And do I usually sell things way too early? Yes. But part of the game for me is finding stuff that I feel like is a decent deal and holding it for a time and then selling it. Some other stuff I'll sell after a long time. Some stuff I won't plan on selling at all. So it, it just depends on what, I, what I'm looking at. But that's part of the fun for me is watching how the economics of it change, watching for what I feel like are good deals, um, looking for good exit points and just having fun with it all around. And I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I don't have any anticipation of stopping that anytime soon. I, I think I think that's the way that the hobby is today. Selling is a part of it and being able to kind of bank some cash and realize some gains along the way so you can pick up something else is awesome. Um, 
I wrote in that same thread, I think I've, got, I've only got two cards in my whole collection that I won't ever sell. I realized that I have three, three cards that I'll never sell. I have a Carl Malone rookie card that I was given for my ninth birthday, a Michael Jordan um, BGS 1.5 that completed my 86-87 set when I was like 13 or 14 years old, and I have a Kevin Garnett finest rookie that my buddy Chad traded to me when I was when we were in like sixth grade for a Shaquille O'Neal five dollar insert um, and all three of those cards have way more sentimental value to me than they do sort of economic value and um, that's you know that's part of why the hobby's fun um, and that's the stuff that means more to me than any of this stuff that's worth a ton of money right now um, but in but also this some of the stuff that's worth a ton of money now is way fun to own I uh sadly traded probably my favorite card I've ever had my Wilt Chamberlain autographed rookie card um a couple of months ago and I mean if you can that for me was the pinnacle that was probably the coolest card that I feel like I could have owned and I sold it and so um it sucked to sell it I didn't like it, it didn't feel good but at the same time it allowed me to pick up other things and do other things and that's part of what what's fun about the hobby so that's why I collect. That's how I collect, um, and it's how I'm going to con continue to collect. And and uh, and I think the last point I want to make on that is, you know, you can buy. You, this is something I didn't realize for a long time. If you're still listening to this podcast, uh, hopefully this is a word of advice that may be beneficial to you. There's nothing wrong with buying and selling something. That the exact. It's, there's nothing wrong with buying the same card that you're selling at the same time. And people, get, people would listen to that, and especially with stock, and say, well, why would you ever, ever buy something and sell something at the same time? That couldn't make any less sense. Or why would you long it and short it at the same time, basically? Um, and it's a good question. The thing about our market is it's, very, it's obviously unregulated, and um, items vary in price so greatly. Sometimes when you know something about a specific person or a specific player, or a specific brand, or whatever, you um, get to know the market value. You can actually become the expert on the market values. You know what other people have paid, you know what you've paid, and and sometimes that information is hearsay, but sometimes it's legit information. And if you're ever in that situation, you can put out both feelers to buy and feelers to sell. And if you're kind of sort of respected or trusted, you may be able to sell for more than um, other people would sell for. Um, and you may be able to avoid fees on eBay. And you may have somebody who's interested in selling to you and avoiding those fees. And suddenly, you become a broker. Is there anything wrong with being a broker in our hobby or in stocks or anything else? No, there's not. Um, and there can be potential for profit there. Um, I'm not going to lie, I've had times where I've bought and sold a card at the same time and had a couple hundred bucks in my pocket afterwards because of just being able to do that. And again, that's part of it. That's part of the hobby. That's part of how it works. Um, and for me, part of what makes it interesting. So do I have a couple of Steph Curry cards on eBay right now? Yes. Do I have them at prices that I'd be willing to sell them at? Yes. Would I be willing to buy them at those same prices? No. Um, but that doesn't mean that somebody else won't. And it doesn't mean that he won't get hot for a couple for for a few moments. Volatility creates opportunity, 
And if somebody comes along and says, you know what, I want the rarest Steph Curry base card ever made. This guy's got it listed at 5000 Maybe I'll pay a number less than that and maybe he'll take it. Maybe I take that and then I go and I look for the exact same card again and I'm able to pick it up for, for a few hundred dollars less. Then again, I end up in the same place as where I started, except for I've got a couple hundred extra dollars in my pocket, and that's part of the game. And then I'll take that couple hundred dollars and apply it to something else that I really want. So that's how that's how I collect. Um, and I would uh, say to you, collect how you like, collect what you want. Um, I've I've had a lot of people throughout the years ask me what should I collect and I've never thought I've I've never thought that's a very good question because at the end of the day you should collect what you like it doesn't matter if it's something that is going to go up or down unless you're hoping to just get something that's going to go up or down in value collect what you like because at the end of the day a lot of this stuff's not going to be worth anything and when it's not worth anything then the only value you're going to be able to derive from it is if you really liked it so um those are my thoughts for today. That's today's episode. Uh, remember, check out the the show on iTunes. Um, let me know if you have any other questions. Feel free to tweet me at the 27guy. And, um, yeah, if there's anything else that I can do to make the show, show better, try to make sure that the audio quality was good this time. Hopefully it was. Give me any feedback if it wasn't. And, uh, yeah, I will talk to you guys soon. Until next time, happy collecting. Happy collecting.